Welcome to the world uh, debut. Premier. Welcome to the inter. The, welcome to the international <laughs> premiere of the ketamine research that Kimia has been working so diligently on. That Thanks. now is out and existing in the world. Yep. Listen to me talk about it for twenty minutes, and then go read it. We also thoroughly discuss the Barbie movie trailer and its cultural impact and slash its glory. personal impact and all its glory indeed stick around um this Barbie is listening to my head hurts by Lauren and Kimia <laughs> <laughs> It's been so long. It has been too long. You're right. What's up? You know, I mean, a fair amount of stuff, but nothing too crazy. How's San Diego? How's home? Home is really nice. Like, I'll be honest, I'm really enjoying it. And I did not expect to be enjoying it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a nice surprise. It's like sunny and warm and I'm being taken care of. (laughs) So everything that I wasn't getting in England, I'm getting here, which is nice. Yeah, Um, precisely. Yeah, I'm just essentially living in a retirement home, like going to bed really early and then like waking (laughs) up and like going on a walk and then Please tell me you've been in your mom's garden. Um, well, they are extending the house, so there's a lot of like oh, okay. construction going on in the garden. I have laid in the I grass see. once. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoying Pete's yeah. coffee and all of the the food of the state. Yeah, I've been going to Phil's like every day, Phil's coffee. So, yeah, it's been nice. Is Phil's Coffee like a San Diego specific thing? I thought it was Pete's. No, where was the one that you took me to? Was that Phil's? Whose coffee did you take me to? I don't remember. When did we, when? When I was in San Diego. (laughs) And there was something, it was like, they do really good filtered coffee or. That was Phil's. That was Phil's Coffee because they're exclusively filtered coffee. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. But See, I mixed up the two I names, understand. and th- then I thought, yeah. Okay. Easy. Mistake. I understand Easy why. Mistake to make. Yeah. Pete's Phil's all the same. Um. But yeah, I- I've gone to Phil's. I go to Phil's every day, having good coffee. Um, Love. I am. I definitely think England has changed me because I'm very jarred by the large portion sizes. I just don't understand how they can consume all of that because a Massive. small for me is more than enough. Yeah, and I used yeah. to do that. So that's how I know that I studied abroad. <laughs> um, how's How are you doing with the France riots and everything? Have you seen? Um, have you honestly, witnessed? <laughs> I have not witnessed a lot. There is only like, there is only like one fire in my neighborhood. So <laughs> casual. Yeah, just a couple of bikes and trash lit on fire as as you know it happens. Uh I haven't been I I don't live really in like by Concord or by anywhere where there's been massive riots. So mm-hmm. I don't experience it really at all. Um except for sometimes I'm walking around. Obviously the trash has been a big it's been a huge thing. But my neighborhood once again so I think half of Half of Paris is like privately managed, like uh, waste management. I don't know if you can hear the <laughs> sirens. Anyway, I heard it um, briefly. <laughs> half of the stuff is private, privately managed, and then the other half is public. And so it's all in the center where the trash has not been taken out and there's just gigantic piles. But it has since been cleared. 
But for a couple weeks there, there were just like, I mean, it would be like the full walking part of the sideway. So you'd have to like walk into the road to to yeah. get around the trash. It was, it was, I took a lot of, I, not a lot. I took a few pictures. I mean, we not, got a yeah. good TikTok sound out of it. Macron and his oui, peut-être. Oh, wait, I'm not on that. I'm clearly not oh enough on French TikTok because I don't You're know this on- sound. <laughs> You're not on my Macron TikTok. I'll send one to you. I think it's, I don't know. Please I, do. Honestly, it's just. Yeah, you send me really, you send me probably the best French TikTok, so I always appreciate it. Oh my God. Do I send you that person who just like terrorizes Paris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love him. I, I'm obsessed with him. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, people like, who interview people who interview on the street are like built different because I agree. They just have no fear. They have no sense of consequence or repercussion. Yeah, they have no their levels of embarrassment are like non-existent. They don't yeah. even know what embarrassment feels like. The amygdala is just uh, like not working. I think it's because they have so many people feeling secondhand embarrassment for them that they don't need to feel it for themselves you know maybe so like you just like deposit it you like you take one pass it along kind of deal yeah no definitely especially like this guy i'll send you some to link in the show notes because i'm obsessed with him like (laughs) to be in paris important reading in the show (laughs) to be in paris and to like try and make funny content in public is just so it's just unparalleled simply unparalleled unparalleled. yeah 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 i could i i full-heartedly agree um Um, so did you watch the barbie trailer i did watch the barbie trailer on (laughs) on your recommendation right before this and i did not know michael sarah i didn't know like so many i you know did everyone Mm -hmm. already know the cast or did we find did we find out the cast from that trailer? In any case, it's really star-studded. It, it's star-studded. It's like Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Michael Sarah, and then half the cast of Sex Education. Oh my gosh! I love. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's where it's at. <laughs> and Dua Lipa. And Dua Lipa. Dua Peep. Dua, Dua Peep. Dua Peep. No, I, she no. wasn't in the trailer. She wasn't Was she? in the trailer, but she's going to be a mermaid. Excellent. She posted it the other day. Yeah, Excellent. it's a good day. It's a good day for women <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just am obsessed with the new meme format of like yeah. this Barbie. Ha- this Did you Barbie. make one? Did you make one yet? I can't think of a good one for myself. Someone like, else made original. Me one. What did they make you? <laughs> Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna text it to you. Because, wait. Yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. Ma'am. I just. Yeah. I can't think of an original one for myself. Like. Uh yeah. I. I I'm always. I feel like I'm late on the trends anyway. So I. I don't. I don't get on them when they're happening. But this one is a really. Well, you're good on one. time. You're on. Yeah, time I'm really for on time one. for it. Yeah. I could say like this Barbie is an only child. I feel like that would be very <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I like that. I like that. What what is there to say about the about the Barbie? Oh, trailer? I was just like I didn't expect it to be so. What's the word I'm looking for? So capturing of my attention. What's what is there a word for that? I don't know. Captivating, um, but captivating duh i kept thinking encapsulating but <laughs> no i've just been writing a lot of cover letters <laughs> um yeah i don't know what it is about it because the trailer doesn't even really give a plot but i'm obsessed no. with it and no, like no, no. i told it, my it mom vibes. about it it does give vibes i told my mom that they were making a barbie movie and she was like all barbie does is give people anorexia and then we watch the trailer and <laughs> she's also really into it now like my everyone is yeah so i think they like put a spell on that trailer to win people over like whoever yeah. watches it is like immediately brainwashed it's, into I, it's believing it, it that just, this is quality content you just want to be in barbie's world but i actually i think barbie i mean 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Barbie is like a slightly more they Mattel tried to be a bit more progressive for its time. Like they had like NASA Barbie and they had like all of these very kind of female empowerment Barbies. So I feel like I think they tried to be yeah. like forward thinking. They're forward thinking toy company. I also I think Twitter has been really funny because they've been there's just this whole thing that Barbie's gay. <laughs> and I think that that is I mean, yeah, I I'd believe it. She's a lot of female. Is it because fans. everyone made is is it because everyone made their Barbies scissor as a child? Is is that why Barbie's gay? <laughs> is that what they did? Yes, I was never like allowed to huge, have Barbies. That's a huge meme, like about. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's from like the animated Barbie movies, how she always has, like, a brunette best friend. Oh, And they're, like, yes, always yes, yes. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Barbie princess movies, definitely. Okay, I, I'm now aware of the lore now that you've brought it to it. I was okay. just more thinking about, like, the doll. And the I dolls. wasn't thinking yeah. about the, the whole brand, which now, yes. I also think it's funny that um, there's this whole thing about how Barbie wouldn't be able to stand if she was human, like, the doll. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that's just like long leg, short to- torso erasure. Like <laughs> I have Barbie proportions and I can stand fine. Yeah. So what? Her feet are a little bit messed up. Like she, she would manage. She would manage. She'd get by. Like yeah. Come on. And I. I mean, yeah. she's more real realistic than the Bratz dolls whose feet came off of their bodies. I was never allowed to have any of these dolls. I only had Although like Polly Pocket. Brats could also be like that's like amputee uh representation. True. True. So People are just go bra- too close minded. I, lo- I had I think I only had one Bratz doll. I shockingly that my parents would get me a Bratz doll because really? you know my parents because yeah. like but I really loved Chloe, I think her name was. She had like, yeah. like she had my hair, and I was like obsessed, obsessed. Yeah, I like I get, like- I viscerally remember getting her for Christmas. Incredible. Oh my god, the best day! I had a yeah. Bratz makeup kit, and that was as Ooh. close to Bratz. And I got it like one of my aunts got it for me for Christmas, I think. And that was as close to Bratz as I was able to get. And even then, my mom was like skeptical about it. <laughs> did you have what? So did you have dolls at all, or did you have like just yeah? Pl- you didn't have a lot of plushies. We've talked about this. <laughs> I so had, what did like, you have to play with? Think- you were an only child. <laughs> I know. I had my extracurricular activities to play with. <laughs> I had my piano and my piano and my violin and that was it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I had like teapots. Like I would have oh, a lot of great. parties yeah. Yeah. with myself. Yeah. I had like Polly Pockets, I think. Oh, great. Great toy. I great had, toy. Like re- I had this random, like really nice doll from Iran. Mm-hmm. I think it was from Iran. I, I associate it with being from Iran, but I also could have mm-hmm. like been at the age that I was when I went to Iran mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what I did honestly I don't know how I got by I was like for the most of my for like seven eight nine ten I was at the French school and they mm-hmm. gave us a lot of homework so I was just doing a lot of homework they were that's really seven year old difficult that's rough I mean that's yeah. why you're so smart oh thank you you did, I, you did honestly, your homework as a as a first grader I peaked at the age of 10. It's all been downhill intellectually since. (laughs) Ever since I left the French system. (laughs) (laughs) I had to practice my French a little bit. Obviously, I mean, I I don't, weirdly enough, by living here, I don't speak a lot of French. Um, But I do try to speak French when I can. I try to speak French with Esther's family. And... Yesterday was the um, Seder dinner for Passover. So I was over um, at her brother's and we were doing Passover dinner. And so I got to experience like everything for the first time. And of course, it's like this whole thing, like you read like a whole 
passage of the Torah and you do these prayers and someone like goes around with this platter with all this, the food on it and it touches everyone's heads. Um, so I was like just wow. taking it all in. But everyone everyone does like we go around and we all have the books and then we like read the story. And so I got yeah. I got my little paragraph section that I read. Wow. Wait, fairly fluently. No, no. <laughs> Since when do I speak a word of Hebrew? I don't know. No, I mean, I actually, okay. Is the Torah fair, in French? I don't think the Torah question. is in French. <laughs> Her, it, it's, it's in both. It's actually both. Like they have like the Hebrew and then they have the French in the, oh, okay. in the like <laughs> underneath or like in the margin. And right. so her sister-in-law's dad was there and he was doing all like the he was doing like the real prayers and like reading it in Hebrew <laughs> and stuff but the rest Baruch of us and I <laughs> so the rest of us are just like reading the story in French and of course like her like these the it takes like a while like it takes a good more yeah. than a half an hour like to do all this stuff and so her brother's like trying to speed it up like reading as fast as, as <laughs> physically possible <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice it was kind of funny there's I feel like there's so many there's there's so many events because it's Easter and it's Passover so I'm just like bumping from like Busy. hopping from yeah. one religious event to the next yeah are you doing anything for Easter I think I'm just gonna go to church but I haven't even decided which one very fair very, very we'll see fair. I kind of wanted to kick it with the Quakers but then I don't know if I want my first introduction to Quakerism to be on Easter because I'll just feel like I don't know the odd one out so I might just go to the American church I don't know we'll see okay. yeah be with your people <laughs> be with my people your people your crew <laughs> yeah yeah it's nice. always a safe bet it's a safe bet but yeah fun fun Very indeed fun. fun indeed although Esther was like not sure because she she the only time she ever like participates she's not religious at all and the only time she ever like keeps kosher which i don't even think she's keeping kosher this week but she's not eating leavened bread right because it's like mm -hmm. the passover is like the feast of the unleavened bread so mm -hmm. she was but she's like not aware of what she can't she's like i can't eat popped rice i was like I'm pretty sure you can eat popped rice. Like that's not <laughs> no yeast in that. But then I did I did a little bit of searching. Actually, they just like the whole like rabbinical society just changed the rules like seven years ago. Like before then, you, yeah, before then you weren't even supposed to eat corn during Passover. I mean, maybe like that was only for like the really like truly kosher people. But right. they changed it, and they're like, "Nah, you can eat rice, you can eat like oats and corn and all that okay. stuff." But well, I'm glad that they're sense. changing it for like the more inclusive, I guess. Who who can who can go a week without like that's like no carbs? Like if you're if you're not doing rice or corn or oats or Yeast. like wheat, wheat, yeah, you're you're. Yeah, potatoes. You're hungry, I guess. You're hungry. Yeah, yeah. you're hungry. Um, I've been watching the third season of Rami. Oh yes, you watched Rami. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah, oh. I watched all of it. Yeah, it's so good. I'm at the part where Bella Hadid comes in. Yes, my Palestinian <laughs> queen. I love that episode so much. She's incredible in it. Like she's really she's a hilarious. really good actress. And then, because <laughs> the whole plot line is like his best friend, who's not Muslim, like meets her on like Muslim date, and he's I'm like, dating. "Wait, you can." <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and the part where she's like, "He's like, why don't you drive?" <laughs> the whole episode. I know you can't so ask her funny. that. It's a fair question. <laughs> like the only thing they have in common is the Office, and when they yeah, soothe yeah. with the op singing the Office theme song. <laughs> It's I, I don't so know if, I don't know if it was written by Rami Youssef but that was the most like incredible writing of like, it is one written of by him he's yeah one of the co I, he's yeah co-authors co-writers whatever mm -hmm. yeah he's oh, so, so funny. funny he's just yeah it, I've That's been epic. loving that and yeah it just it was really it was kind of sad though because I watched the episode where 
Rami goes to Israel, Palestine. Mm-hmm. Israel. That was wild. Palestine. I was like, oh my wait. I was like, I I obviously have never been there, so I was like, they can fil- like I guess obviously I know that yeah. they can film stuff there, but they're an American crew, and they were like, yeah, just going I mean, did in. They film there. Yes. Or was that a set? No, no, no. They filmed oh, in wow. Jerusalem. Wow. But yeah, and then the next day, yeah. the next day was the attack on the mosque in Palestine. Oh, of really? Of the Ramadan prayers. Yeah. So that was Oh my sad. God. Yeah. Yeah. But so it was, cultural... that, that, that episode was also really impressive. That I, the third season yeah. was amazing. I just, I could talk about this. I don't think I really noticed it in the first two seasons, but watching the third one now, how like interesting of a character Rami is and how Rami Youssef, the actor, Mm -hmm. is like what it means that he's portraying arguably himself in this Mm -hmm. way. That's like not a perfect person, very Mm -hmm. much makes mistakes and like selfish with a lot of very very overt character flaws i think it's Mm -hmm. so it's it's just very humble of him to do especially to give his character his own name and like basically his own life and stuff yeah he's like a perfect hero slash anti-hero definitely taylor swift would love him (laughs) rip taylor swift you would have loved rami (laughs) Yusuf. So I guess we'll segue into our topic or. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I just, I had a lot of, I have had thoughts. I just, Uh, someone gave me a platform. Someone gave me a platform and I had to share my thoughts. And we're, we're sharing thoughts. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Also, I'm glad that you watched. I, I, I'm trying to think of anyone else who, I think my cousin, I think I made my cousin watch the first season of Rami, but like Mm -hmm. a lot of people haven't watched it. I'm like, this is it's not even a niche show like it's one emmys like it's on yeah. hulu but no one that i know watches it and i'm and i think I it's know. pretty much like one of the top television shows that's on i agree i completely agree um oh there's an episode about psychedelics and when when dina goes to therapy and then their cousin comes in and is like, you should try shrooms <laughs> for your emotions. That can be our, that can be that our segue. Is, that is a good segue into, into our topic. Into our topic. So um, I heard you got published recently. I got published this week. She got published. She's a published researcher. Finally. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Thanks. Hold your At applause. At long last. <laughs> Please hold your applause. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, keep going. Um, yeah, I finally, finally, finally got published. It had. It's taken so much longer than me and my group anticipated, but mm-hmm. we made it finally. It's out. I'm so excited. Tell me everything Sorry. about what went into this research and <laughs> how it came about and what your findings are. Yeah. Spill the details. Um, yeah, I'll tell you. The, the Kimia tells all. <laughs> um, yeah, so I published a systematic review and meta-analysis of ketamine's anxiolytic effects which means how ketamine operates on anxiety symptoms in a variety of disorders and clinical settings. And Love to see it. Love to see it. It was based on my master's dissertation, but then we kind of prepared it for journal submission because my dissertation was like 8,000 words and journal submissions are around like 4,000. The shorter, the better. So I had to kind mm-hmm. of like cut it in half and merge it with the other master's student who was working on the project, her dissertation and mine. We kind of like glued them together. But yeah. Did some, did some arts and crafts, cutting and pasting. <laughs> <laughs> and so for anyone who doesn't know, a systematic review is where you look at all of the literature in, on a given subject and kind of summarize the findings and draw conclusions very qualitatively 
And then a meta-analysis is where you look at the numerical data on any in that same field and you use the numerical data to run very, I don't want to say general, but like encapsulating analyses to draw quantitative conclusions. So merging both quantitative and qualitative quantitative and qualitative analyses to figure out what's going on and it's like a very respected form of research because that's how you really draw conclusions in a given subject area is by looking at all the research because Mm -hmm. one randomized control trial alone doesn't really give you the full picture it often has a lot of flaws a lot of bias leaves out totally a big population stuff like that So Mm -hmm. that's why we did a systematic review and meta-analysis. And I I could go on. Like, I'm going to... Please do. I'm going to monologue for a second. (laughs) Yes. I want to know. We've got to know everything. We've got to know the the start to finish of this research. Right. So I'll give some background first um, on ketamine and how it kind of came to be because it's so novel. It's, It's one of the oldest... It, it was it was kind of the psychedelic that broke ground first mm-hmm. and became popular and accessible first. Um, and like, is that, I do you think it's because, because I, I know that it's one that is more accessible now simply because it's already been FDA approved for mm-hmm. like its um, anesthetic effects before mm-hmm. people have ever used it for like therapeutic or low dosage. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm also wondering if it's categorized like as a, you know, where like LSD is categorized as like a ske- schedule one drug or something. Yeah. I don't know if ketamine is categorized that highly. So I'm curious why it's why it's always been like at the front forefront yeah, of, I think, of psychedelic research. Yeah, you're definitely right that it ketamine's been used in hospitals since like the the late 1900s as um, not only an anesthetic but also as an analgesic so a pain reliever Mm. so it's been Mm -hmm. in clinical settings for a long time and also um, I think because it's not like in in psychology and psychiatry it's kind of classified with psychedelics but Mm -hmm. it's not 100% a psychedelic yeah not in the same way that psilocybin LSD DMT all of that it's not quite as hallucinogenic, <clears throat> if I'm correct. Yeah, I don't it's know if more there so are dissociative. like yeah, there might be like slight hallucinogenic effects, but not in the same way that a DMT would be hallucinogenic. Exactly, like you things from what I've heard and what I've read. Um, I've not done ketamine treatment myself, but colors and sounds seem more vibrant. So, like mm-hmm. you have a bit of of a visceral experience but not to the mm-hmm. extent of like psilocybin where yeah. there's hallucinogenic images and like yeah. things are moving and stuff it's more so that you kind of dissociate and like mm-hmm. yeah we looked at dissociate the importance of dissociation in its therapeutic effects as well so that's like the mm-hmm. big experience when it comes to ketamine and i think that kind of sets it apart from other psychedelics which kind of brought it to the forefront of mm-hmm. excuse me which brought it to the forefront of um the novel therapeutic space and so like i said it was used in hospitals before for anesthesia for pain relief management and then in 2000 was the first published trial of ketamine for any sort of psychological disorder and it was for depression and that was like super groundbreaking because the issue with depression pharmacological treatments is that they take weeks to months to on to have an onset yeah and for the other ones that are more rapid acting people can become reliant on them so after that groundbreaking trial with depression they kind of continued on the depression path and they found that ketamine was revolutionary like so revolutionary in the treatment of treatment resistant depression so mm-hmm. people who have not been responsive to i think it's two types of yeah. treatment for 
their disorder, either pharmacological or like talk therapy. And from there, they kind of just went off with ketamine and they found its efficacy in they went off. disorder. They went <laughs> off. Like they're currently like depression is definitely the most studied one, which is yeah. why most of the treatments that are available, ketamine treatments that are available are for pe- uh, for depression. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they found uh, efficacy in bipolar disorder and even treatment resistant bipolar disorder, which is mm-hmm. great. It's helped with symptom relief and suicidal ideation. I'm <laughs> I'm looking at my dissertation. <laughs> <if> that's <laughs> what you're wondering at, that I'm looking at. Um, and the area of psychology that is least studied for ketamine treatment is anxiety and anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to kind of contribute to that research a bit more. Yeah. There is so much research on like the time profile of ketamine for depression. Like people know how rapidly generally it works. Usually people see symptom relief within 24 hours of their Mm -hmm. treatment, but some studies have found um, efficacy as quickly as two hours post-administration, which Mm -hmm. is wild. And so we kind of wanted to look into that for anxiety and see how kind of quickly it works for anxiolytic as an anxiolytic Mm -hmm. and so we looked at three time points we looked at acute which is three to four hours Mm post-administration we looked at subacute which is 24 hours post-administration and then we looked at sustained which we defined as seven to 14 days post-administration and that okay for the most part was um like a ketamine iv Mm -hmm. Um, and for the most part, it was 0.5 milligram per kilogram mm-hmm. dosing. And we found it to be, we found that the research right now shows efficacy as early as three to four hours post-administration with efficacy all the way through when compared to placebo. Mm-hmm. So it really can have an effect that lasts up to seven to 14 days. Yeah, which is really cool, and that is mostly single dosing as well. Yeah, because um, isn't it usually recommended with the, these therapies? Like, it's usually recommended like a six week, like every week for six weeks or something like that. I don't know which which um, which type of treatment your study followed, but I'm curious as to like what the protocol, like why they why they put certain protocols in place. Yeah. Good question. I think it it depends on the patient. When I did my observership in ketamine treatment, it seemed like each patient kind of had a different trajectory of how Mm -hmm. long and how often they would receive ketamine IVs and some were receiving oral ketamine to supplement that treatment. So I think it just depends on, you know, I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure. I think that's more psychiatric than I know about, but yeah, I do know from looking into the startups and stuff that it is, (laughs) that it is, it's usually like one for, for people who are not treatment resistant, who um, are not high risk. I think it's usually like once a week for, Mm -hmm however many weeks um and usually supplemented with like talk therapy like cbt or act or something like that um but the studies that we looked at was pure ketamine treatment with no therapy except for i think one or two studies had um ketamine assisted therapy but we acknowledge that in our writing that their results may be skewed because we know therapy to alter brain chemistry as well. So that might have had an effect on their outcomes. I feel so smart talking about this. (laughs) Like I can't believe you're talking about this. And I can't believe this is like my research. It is. I'm the first author. It's so cool that your your research is out in the world and people are gonna be citing you. I know. I Googled myself. 
we are the i will humbly brag and say that we're the first paper to look at the time the like the temporal trajectory of ketamine's anxiolytic effects like no one else has looked at how rapidly ketamine works for anxiety symptoms yeah that's wild that's wild so. and and also because they're already the, the thing is like i'm so into and interested in ketamine therapy sorry there's a really beautiful pigeon outside of my window um so stunning usually we don't get the pretty pigeons in my neighborhood we get the ugly ones and this one's like the oh so cute sorry um i'm so interested <laughs> in it because right now it's being used for all of its like i don't know if indications is the right word but like it's being used for more than just depression because I I yeah. had ketamine therapy for anxiety and mm-hmm. there it's funny because there's not a lot of research. However, it's just something with so few side effects that I feel like medical practitioners are just like, ah, eh, what the hell, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which yeah. I think is not I, it's not like that bad of a practice because it it really is something with low side effects and as long as like yeah you're being monitored like you're being monitored there's and you have the correct dosage for your body then you're not going to have a lot of side effects so i I just think it's cool that people are now doing research on like how i'm sure it's it's definitely like effective for its anxiolytic properties in addition to like antidepressive and all that stuff well i'm curious I'm curious because we have someone with lived experience with us. Yes. You. (laughs) Case study. Um, (laughs) Case study. I mean, look, a huge thing about translational research is like, does it translate Mm -hmm. to real life? Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm curious. Do you I know it was a while ago. It was a few years ago, right? That you did your treatment. Yeah, it was about two years ago, I think. Do you feel like you felt a decrease in anxiety symptoms? after I'm one dose think, like the the first dose i had was probably i'm trying to think the first dose i had it was probably 0.5 about about 0.5 um milligrams per kilogram is that it 0.5 mm-hmm. yeah per kilogram and then i moved up a little bit it was like 30 milligrams for me okay which is a pretty normal dose. And this was also, it wasn't IV, it was sublingual. So I don't know if that makes oh, a difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that does make a difference. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not as familiar with sublingual dosing, but and still, you, it seems like you had a standard dose. Yeah, I had a very, very standard dose. And yeah, I definitely felt the dissociative properties when I was at like 30 milligrams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but it's hard to tell if like I, I think it did improve, but I didn't do the full course, right? Because I was saying like my doctor where where I went to get the ketamine therapy, they yeah. recommended six weeks, I think six weeks of treatment mm-hmm. and, and said like that's what their just standard procedure is. That's what they have like they base their kind of results on like a six week protocol etc um so i didn't do the full six weeks i think i only did three weeks but i improved like i think i i i have a hard time because i i wasn't like journaling or anything i wasn't kind of tracking you didn't take any pre or post measures you didn't do the I Hamilton anxiety not. scale I pre and post. No one was researching me, so it's all very subjective. But yeah. I think it I think it improved. I I mean, I what went off of I'm trying to think of like the timeline because I was off of antidepressants by the time I like did ketamine therapy for a while. Like I was mm-hmm. I had been off the the antidepressants for a while. Um, because yeah. they like did not work for me <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, I think being off of those and then doing ketamine and just like improving my like lifestyle and right, you know, doing certain different things. Um, yeah. Overall improved. So it's it's hard to tell if it was like just because of that, but yeah, you know, certainly didn't harm anything. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, I was just curious about what 
your experience was, but it sounds like it was positive. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was just like in a period of having a lot of panic, and I was yeah. like, mm, don't want to have this. So, I think it, I think it certainly helped. But this Barbie did ketamine therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But I'm curious because I, yeah, I would, I would be curious to do it again, even though I haven't been having a lot of anxiety. Maybe I just want to like go back and into the into the lab. Like, Maybe up with some more ketamine. <laughs> Sounds like you just want a good night out. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you just want to go to the club. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <gasps> I I I would be so scared. This is why I'm I'm scared of street drugs. I've seen too many people K hole in in a club in the club. I'm like, I'm not about that life. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I don't recreational ketamine does not entice me at all. No, recreationally, like it's like a home alone on a chill night kind of. <laughs> like, it's not. That's like a what people have told thing. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard from people. Is that like. You shouldn't do it when you go outside, but not that I'm considering doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. But um, yeah, I when I, I was on ketamine, I was just crocheting. Really? Yeah, oh, in the yeah, clinic. They, they... In the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Where were you?" <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, they were just like they had these like uh, recliners, and they, they they were like, if you need juice, you have juice, and you can bring what you want, or you could read. And I was like, got my got my crochet, got my juice. That's so nice. That's really yeah. cute. I would love yeah. that. Yeah, the people in the clinic, I can't even call it. Yeah, I guess it was kind of a clinic. Um, when I did my observership, they would just always listen to music. How long yeah. was your treatment? Was it 45 minutes or was it Yeah, longer? I think so. Yeah. Cool. It was about 30. I think like, yeah, you, you like have, you do it for 45 minutes and then you like stay for like 10 minutes afterwards and, and then you can drive yeah. home. Really? Mm-hmm. Wild. The first, the first time you do it, they don't let you drive home. The first time you do it, mm. you have to have a chaperone, but does it, as so it, soon as it, they know it you It just exits your body? Well, Wait, this is wild because also I have to say, going back, sorry, I just remembered I have this point. Go that for I wanted it. to say. I I'll be honest from my research, it seems like ketamine should not be as readily available for other disorders outside of depression than it is. It's very available. It's very available. I will it say. It is so available and like Obviously, anxiety, I mean, anxiety can be debilitating, mm-hmm. but for most people, it is not as debilitating as like depression or bipolar disorder mm-hmm. like that. So I kind of understand why they did it because also anxiety and depression, super comorbid. Yeah. A lot of anxiety symptoms prevalent in depressive disorders. Completely. I do understand. Um, but yeah, I just am, especially as a drug of abuse. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I agree with how accessible ketamine is right now. I think the problem, like, I, I would say the accessibility is less of a problem as just, like, the regulation because mm. I think that obviously we know, like, ketamine clinics are popping up everywhere and we talked about it in another episode, like, the telehealth ketamine. Um, yeah. I think that's where it can get dangerous, like, if it's not regulated. Like, I, I feel like what I went through was – a fairly good procedure. I mean, it was yeah. the classic. I like, believe intake. that it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like a classic intake with um, I don't know if it was actually a doctor or a PA, but honestly, they do the same job basically. Um, and then it was the whole thing was overseen and everything. Um yeah. but yeah, I would say it it would be very easy to do even if you didn't have a disorder. I feel like it's one of those things where you know when like medical weed was first available and you could just go to the doctor yeah. and be like, I have headaches. And then they'd be like, yeah, I'm afraid of it's like weed? the whole John Mulaney thing. Well, no, yes, he, never mind. 
he didn't yeah, want for getting leave, Xanax though. for he was, yeah. he was getting Xanax for the plane. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing is too, like ketamine's mechanism of action is not clarified. Like mm-hmm. scientists don't really know how exactly it works in our brains. And so that's another reason why I don't not that like you need to know why everything works to know that it mm-hmm. does work, but they don't really understand how two disorders or even like they don't really understand why it's so effective for mm-hmm. all of these disorders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like anxiety and depression have very different symptoms. And yet this same medication, the same procedure of administering this medication is effective on both symptoms, both sets of yeah. symptoms. So like they kind of know it has to do with glutamate and the different levels of glutamate in different areas of the brain and that ketamine acts on different areas of the brain and it's like the brain regions and the glutamate i'm also i never really fully understood this everything that i wrote in my dissertation was so general i was just reading this back and i was like girl you don't know any any of this like these are not your words (laughs) i just kind of like read and was like okay the general gist that i'm getting here yeah yeah um and like even my reader and my supervisors blah 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 they're all like yeah the mechanism the mechanism of action is just not is not elucidated at the moment no so that's another reason why i'm kind of wary but to play the devil's advocate you could say the same thing about a lot of psychotropic drugs that are on the market like and and you can say the same thing about like the accessibility because i feel like any like if you're a teen having like teen angst and problems, you know, with whatever, which so many people do, you can like go and they'll immediately give you like sertraline or, or yeah. you know, or lorazepam or what, you know, like, like yeah. very serious drugs that totally. are very accessible. So I think that ketamine is kind of maybe on par with that, but not worse, but perhaps yeah. a, a little bit less regulated. And the only re- reason that I think it's kind of okay is because it has less side effects. Because the uh, like yeah. you can get really terrible side effects from from so many of the antidepressants from so many of like these other um, totally that are also very habit forming. And ketamine is less yeah. forming. I definitely think that there is a problem with overprescription mm-hmm. in psychiatry, just because you want to help as many people suit their symptoms as possible and as rapidly as possible and maybe it's a bit of like laziness on the part of professionals I don't know I might once I like am more immersed in the therapeutic career world maybe I'll take that back but I do think that it's not that I I would be all for ketamine over prescription because I can see that it's efficacious and um, yeah, not as many side effects. I think just right now I'm a bit like what's going on (laughs) and like there are some ketamine companies that are like filing for bankruptcy and I don't know what is going on with that. Like it just seems, I mean, obviously this has been a field of study for over 20 years so it's established yeah but yeah I I don't know I'm a bit I am a bit wary of like ketamine for all psychological disorders available right now oh yeah um yeah I'm curious to see where it's gonna go too because I feel like right now it's hit like it's only been increasing like it's been increasing and pretty exponentially where yeah it was such a new thing even 10, year, 10 years ago. Maybe it, maybe it was like a yeah. little bit more established. Ten, no, I, I feel like it was. No, no, no. It was new very new 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Like you probably could find like a handful of psychedelic or not psychedelic, but um, a handful of ketamine. ketamine clinics in the U.S. And now there's more than a handful in every state. You know, there, there's yeah. I think there's a ketamine clinic in every state. Correct me. Probably. If I'm wrong, but. Maybe yeah, it'll be Hawaii interesting. and Alaska. But. No, no, no. I'm sure there's some there too. I think it'll be yeah. interesting to see how psychology looks at when to use what psychedelic treatment. 
because mm-hmm. now psilocybin yeah. is proving super efficacious in mm-hmm. a variety or honestly the same disorders that ketamine is proving efficacious and I like kind of feel like I like low-key feel like ketamine's phase is over like I, I think it's not as trendy as it once was because now there's psilocybin it had its moment <laughs> it had its moment um it's very much like this barbie is psilocybin and ketamine's just ken <laughs> have you seen those like <laughs> barbie is extraordinary no. and he's just ken oh my god he's wait let me ken. find let me um let me read you let me find like the actual what it is like the barbie po- can you tell i'm obsessed with barbie i don't yeah, i can why. tell yeah, yeah it has such a chokehold on me but i'm so into it okay wait let me find it fair enough she it's she's everything he's just ken <laughs> obsessed so like that's kind of how i view the dynamic between psychedelics and ketamine now it's like psilocybin is everything mdma is everything lsd is everything and ketamine's just ken yeah but i wouldn't sleep on ketamine i'm i'm no I'm no i wouldn't either stan um i am too i believe me i am too but that's just yeah. kind of like <laughs> you're you're the one who's I... actually put two years of research <laughs> yeah i've just made I'm... myself into a human <laughs> guinea pig <laughs> No, I mean you underwent the treatment. Like Yeah, yeah. You we that is an important experience as well. And I was interested to see how it compares to my like woo-woo writing. <laughs> you know? It's the opposite of woo-woo. It's clinical <laughs> okay, research. It's like very girl. it's clinical research. <laughs> I don't know. It's not yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, I think it's Re- gonna be research interesting. Research is think- just sorry. <laughs> No, 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 you go. I was just going to say research is just writing until someone undergoes ketamine therapy and it works. Right? I guess that is true. I thought you were going to say research is just writing until someone publishes it and calls it research, which is also true. that's also true. (laughs) Research is just writing until it's peer-reviewed. I think that's where we were going for. (laughs) I don't know why we got there eventually. That's so funny to me. I feel like it's not going to be as funny. (laughs) No, I think Uh, it's funny. What do you have going on um, this this upcoming this upcoming weekend week? Um, this weekend I'm going to my uncle's house for like a big family gathering. Lovely. Um, We never got together for Persian New Year, so that's kind Mm. of why we're going. And then a week from today, I'll be in the air. I'm going to New York for the first time. Ever? Um, I've been once to do college visits for like a day with my mom. Yeah, that doesn't really count. No. So I'm excited to go, like be an adult in New York. I'm excited for you to tell me about your experience in New York. In the city. Yeah. So that's that's me. What are you up to in the upcoming future? I um well, as I told you, still Passover events and Easter True. events to right. be gone to. And other than that, I don't know. I've been really – my head has been incredibly empty that these these past couple of days. I'm I'm just I, – I don't think head I've been empty. getting enough sleep. I, I've been feeling we're just robotically going throughout the day. But, yeah, that's yeah. – that's, that's – oh, we're going to do an escape game um, for Esther's nephew. Esther's nephew's birthday was a couple weeks ago, and so we got him – Okay. Like, the escape game experience but <laughs> Esther is like such a little scaredy cat she's like we can't do anything scary so I picked <laughs> one that's that's um what is it fairy tale theme <laughs> like okay I'm into that that's nice that's nice that no, sounds it's good. gonna be fun it's gonna be fun that sounds very fun but if that I sounds right if up I, my alley yeah if we if, it, if we fail to escape the game that's gonna be a bit of a shame yeah, that's that honestly would give me the ick. 
if you failed the escape room. <laughs> but it's bad. It's like, I mean, I'm honestly, we're probably going to rely mostly on like the 14 and 16 year old. And then, and then it's me who won't be able to understand any of the clues because they're in French. And then <laughs> Esther and her brother. So, you know, just wish us <laughs> luck. Yeah. Okay. I have, if you don't get out, I kind of will understand. Yeah. I feel like an escape room in French is my worst nightmare. If you never hear from me again, it's because I'm still in the room. <laughs> this Barbie didn't escape the escape room. <laughs> <laughs> this Barbie couldn't speak French. <laughs> we need to get you to this Barbie movie stat. Like <laughs> <laughs> And I like I don't look forward to films like I don't I'm not a film person but no this has changed this is... the game you know okay you know what film I'm deeply excited to see the Nicolas Cage as Dracula movie what oh please tell me you've seen the trailer no give me a no it's Nicolas Cage is Dracula which is obviously the role he's always been meant to play um, okay, interesting. I'll send you the trailer. Um, it, it looks incredible. What is Dracula a vampire? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it's it. Called Renfield. <laughs> okay. So you have that to do next week. You have a horror comedy, and yeah. it's not the French Escape Room. <laughs> and it's that might be the second horror comedy. <laughs> okay. Well, that's nice. Indeed. What do you guys usually, what is like the, what is the traditions for New Year that you guys, are Um, you bringing any New Year traditions into like, now it's been several weeks. So I don't know if you're doing, you're still doing like a New Year. Persian New Year, Persian New Year finished on Sunday. So it's like 13 days long. Uh, Okay. Well, no, it's like two weeks long. So the first event of Persian New Year is before the New Year comes, like a couple days before. The Wednesday before the New Year. Okay. You jump over fire. You guys go hard for New Year. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you're supposed to jump over fire to like erase the the badness of the year before. Yeah, of course. And like go in fresh, burn the sins, whatever. Um, and that is Talk called woo woo. I love that. Yeah, that's called Charshamba Suri. Charshamba means Wednesday. I don't know what Suri means. My parents would know. Um, something about fire, okay. I think. And then Persian New Year, like the actual New Year, no ruse, is a few days later. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden did something at the White House for it. Um, honorary Iranian white man who kills everyone in iran but sure you can have no ruse <laughs> we're just gonna cleanse our sins by by celebrating no ruse once yeah joe biden needs to jump over some fire like yeah i would love to see that i'd pay to see that yeah and then there's like some other small things and whatnot um adults give kids like fresh money f- as like new year's gifts mm-hmm. and then on the 13th day of the new year you go outside and have a picnic and like welcome spring and enjoy the nice weather and so my parents and I went and had tacos last Sunday (laughs) and then it's over now but um we didn't have time to get together so we're just gonna okay but that's closer than I was because I I mean I just I didn't realize there was a whole multi-week event so I was like wow new year happened several weeks ago but yeah go celebrate it but yeah it barely ended so you're good you're good yeah we're we're in the clear um so yeah that's that's my tradition I also my skin is like really dry and itchy and breaking out and this has nothing to do with Persian New Year but I've just you're just adapting to the new weather that you're it's so dry it is so dry here but yeah um, that's kind of weird because you're right by the beach I, didn't think it would I be know so but we're also right by the desert technically in yeah, the that desert, desert I think. that desert wind do you miss it uh yeah but i'm going out in i'm already planning my next trips to, to oh California, yeah so going out in june in june so. yeah let me know i'll probably be in california yeah. so yes i want to see you 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll be spending I'll be spending a little bit of time out, out there, like probably two weeks. Oh, amazing. Mm. Okay. Well, well, shall we that's about all we have to say today. <laughs> we said a lot. We've we've covered a lot of ground. We made some points. We did. We said things, made points. <laughs>